The Anton Savage Show Saturday with Nifty Business on News Talk. Where we start is with the uh, big news of the week. That, of course, uh, being that on Thursday, Joseph Bushka was found guilty of the murder of school teacher Ashling Murphy, and the case has been one of those things where everybody has talked about it privately, but you've been unable to talk about it publicly because it has been subdued to say and it has raised a whole series of questions about whether or not this is one evil horror of an individual or whether it raises wider systemic questions. Um, with me is the chair of the National Women's Council, Margaret Martin. Margaret, some of the coverage today, some of the analysis today says that this has turned into being a straw man against immigrants and this has turned into being a straw man uh, against wider issues which don't pertain. What do you think the wider significance is of this conviction? Um, well, what I think is it's it's been a very tragic and brutal death that, that Ashling experienced and the, the flow out, you know, the loss and the pain and the grief that her family and all those loved ones and friends has rippled out further. You know, I mean, there's the school children and you can, there's some interesting stories as well about the impact on Tullamore. And so you can see it's impacted on a whole town. But I think in addition to that, I come from a background of working in the area of violence against women. I would have been a volunteer in the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre. I worked for a long time in women's aid. So that a whole issue of gender-based violence. I think it has the potential to become a tipping point to really seriously challenge a lot of behaviours um, that make women feel unsafe. But surely, the, I, I could understand it if this had been an instance, which we have seen so many egregious and horrifying instances of, where a woman has been a victim of assault from a loved one. In fact, I think statistically, the likelihood of a woman being assaulted is mostly by uh, yeah. uh, a an loved one, partner, an intimate yeah. partner, better term, because loved one probably yeah. is not the case. Um, but in this instance, this is the case of somebody who is a, a previously convicted sex offender and murderer. Mm. Can we extrapolate from that into a, a broader or is this just the kind of horror that is one individual? I think it's if you have to think about it in terms of a continuum. So one, if you think about that particular day and the the Gardaí's investigation, it was identified that he already had been almost kind of following. He was a predator. And I think that that he's at the extreme end of those kind of behaviours. But he was roaming around following women. Now, that happens to women an awful lot. Women are followed. Women have their space intruded on. They have remarks made on what they're wearing. They get harassed. They get comments, you know, all. So I think that whole continuum is really one of the issues that needs to be brought to bear. Because but does one lead to the other? Not directly, but I think one is, in a sense, in a, in, in a, there's a kind of an entitlement very often that I think men don't realise that they, they carry. Some use that to, to take advantage of women. And I think that's to what... To murder? No, not to murder. I'm talking about all of the behaviours that are about harassment all the way up to and including. This is the, the nth degree of violence against women. Um, when, when women are killed. And I think there has been good examples and it's good that the government has a good strategic plan. There have been good developments in other countries about getting men to be more involved in challenging all sorts of different behaviours. And some of those, for example, there was one very good campaign that was in Australia, which was called Haymate. So it was just a, sh- a short video that showed men in a bar a woman is walking by, a man inappropriately touches her and the other guy 
go kind of, hey, mate, this isn't on. So it's about men starting to call that out. And I thought it was interesting this morning that Malachi Clarkin in the sports section of the the um, Irish Times started talking about, you know, now we as men, we need to be talking about how do we make women feel safer? So this is the worst but thing does that something can happen. Like that, do you believe that something like that would prevent a murder like this? No, I don't. I think that would be naive. I think that there are men who are seriously predatory. And I think the only thing really probably that, that will prevent that is identifying them early and prosecuting them and, and, you know, the full rigours of the law dealing with that. But I do think that there is almost like a cultural climate that enables things on a continuum that women experience. And I think the outpouring, that kind of breaking of the silence for so many women who talked about what happens to them when they go running, all of those things are things that women worry about up to and including the worst thing that can happen, which is what happened to Ashling. Go back then to the, the, this instance with Joseph Pushka. Do you believe that there was a failure in previous vetting? In, do you believe there was a, a failure in, in, in previous notification of his conviction or that he wasn't monitored properly? Is there anything that you think could have been done to prevent this? I think the police are probably getting a bit better at identifying behaviours that lead to risky behaviours. I mean, I remember when I was in the rape crisis reading about serial killers who killed women who broke into their homes and killed them. And they started off, um, you know, there was there was behaviours that gradually they didn't suddenly come to this point. So, for example, there were I can't remember, I think it was possibly the Boston Strangler or whoever it was at the time, started off actually torturing animals, young animals, pets, etc. So there are there there are things that are um, pointers to in a sense, it doesn't mean that this is inevitably going to happen, but they are pointers. So in terms of um, looking at different behaviours, I think the change has to actually happen in a really good new curriculum in schools, in support for young people to talk about it, to talk about what behaviours are appropriate and what behaviours are inappropriate. And gradually, I think that will help change the climate for women so that they will feel safer. Is it an issue of of public policing? Is it an issue of CCTV? Is it an issue of public safety? Because in this instance, again, this is not one of those where you say there may be a permissivity among uh, um, a toxic masculine culture around something like domestic violence. This is somebody stalking an individual out in public of whom they had no previous contact. So what do you do to, to try to make women safer in that context? Well, all I think you can do is is you can encourage people to be active bystanders. So, you know, and I think in this case, looking at the evidence that was there, there was very little that can be done, that could have been done. Somebody went out with an intent to find somebody and Ashley was un- unfortunately the victim who happened to present an opportunity for them to carry out the act they intended to carry out. And that can happen in the same way. Rape can happen, etc. And those are the worst fears that women have. But I think in general, the ripple effect of that has changed women's behaviour locally, has changed their sense of freedom of movement. And that needs to change. That, I think an awful lot of women talked about the harassment that they get. And there are things that can be done around that, as you say, about... But are you, are you seeing that in, in terms of the, the um, Women's Council, the women reporting that they now feel more concerned, feel more frightened, feel less willing to be out in public? I think that that, that highlighted a lot of fear because if you think back to around that time... Highlighted or created? No, I, don't think, I think it highlighted a lot of, of, of women were 
were able to identify with being in that moment. So those other two women that he was he was following and Ashling, And that moment is a fear that a lot of women have. And I think the other thing is the the normal sort of thing that she was doing made it even more horrific for a lot of women because going for a walk in the late afternoon, going for a run are things so many women do and very often on their own. And for a lot of women, they felt they had to change that. They maybe run somewhere where it isn't as pleasant to go running, but they maybe feel safer. Men don't have to think about that in the same way. And so we really want to work to a point where those issues are not something that women have to think about. Finally, obviously, there will be a lot of relief um, from people who have been watching the uh, evidence that the verdict came back the way that the verdict came back. In relation to sentencing, are you satisfied with the sentence that was uh, handed down? Are you satisfied with the sentences that are available for crimes like this? I think the sentences are important, but I think what they do is they send out a message after the fact. What I think is more important is the messages that that make this inappropriate, all forms of harassment and sexual abuse, etc. Those messages need to get out and they need to be taken seriously and to be challenged and hopefully by men. Margaret, thank you very much for coming in this morning. That is Margaret Martin, who is chair of the National Women's Council. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday. With Nifty Business. Saturday morning at nine. On News Talk.